This is a WKYT podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Victor and Andrea. Andrea, how's it going? It's good. You were just talking to me in like this very like soothing tone, and for some reason it was making me very anxious. I was practicing my NPR voice. Is that your NPR voice? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have one. Have you heard of Delilah? Oh, we've talked about Delilah before. Oh, yes, and my mom's hatred for Delilah. Well, the hatred is a strong word, Andrea. It's not. <laughs> for what? I don't hate Delilah, but my mother has very strong feelings. I guess hate might be strong, but mm. it's like... You know how some people have that disease where certain sounds just they can't physically handle them? Mm-hmm. That's mom with Delilah's voice. Wow. Shelby McCuddy has the same thing with a nail file. Really? Yes. I'm I was... like that with cotton. Like really? Scrunch cotton together. Does that even make sound? I think it's the feeling of it that maybe I don't like. Maybe. But there are certain textures that just throw me off. Yeah, I was filing my nails and Shelby like involuntarily like tears started running down his face. <laughs> And I didn't under... Well, that's what like, you get for filing your nails me. in the newsroom, you gross thing. It w- How is that gross? Was I supposed to stab someone filing with nails? it instead? Yeah, it was very like sharp. In the bathroom or somewhere. I don't know. I'm just saying this. I was trying to just get through the day. It was actually on the set. So, I, you know, I, there's all, I have no breaks in the morning that's at some true. point. That's true. I guess you don't really morning. have any options for yeah. it. Yeah. Where else are you going to do it? But, yeah, poor Shelby. I terrorized him. <laughs> poor, poor Shelby. <laughs> well, know. he survived. Yes. Uh, Andrea, we, uh, we, we're branching out today. I know. This is a good one. I'm excited and a little bit anxious at feedback just because I know people, anytime you mention any political figure, half of the audience will shut down. So I want everyone to go into this with an open mind if you can. Well, and even have some fun. So so we're talking to Mr. Andrew Schaefer today and I had been, uh, Twitter friends with him for a while, but this is my first time meeting him in person. He's an author who lives in Kentucky. And he, um, <laughs> one of his first books was like How to Survive a Sharknado. Yes. Um, and Did you read it? I, I have not read that one. Um, I ha- do have uh, Hope Never Dies on my shelf at home. It's, it's, it's in the queue. Um, but, uh, so yes, his most popular series of books features Barack Obama and Joe Biden as crime-fighting <laughs> detectives. Once they get out of office. And it was inspired, of course, by the memes, which we all kind of fell in love with their bromance. And they're just such an odd pairing. You know, their personalities are very different. So <laughs> like, Barack is the cool, calm, collected. So you're more Barack. I think I'm more Biden. Do you think that's more? A little more... bit more high strung. <laughs> I guess I could see that. <laughs> uh, but one of the things he talks about is that his books, even though they are political figures, the books themselves kind of shy away from politics and their fiction and their fiction and (laughs) their humor but you still have people who just you know just those the names are enough to raise their bristles right and so his whole thing is you know just try to try to enjoy the, the the humor in the situation right and this is a fun conversation i think he has some really interesting stories and also he's hilarious like we get into it a little bit he studied at second city which anybody who knows anything about like stand up comedy and just comedy in general that is a huge accomplishment and so many people, people you people know from went there. there yeah 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 so it, it, it was fun and um uh, during our discussion about the backstreet boys if i say october i actually mean september because mm. i got my concerts he confused he knew because i was thinking about the phil collins concert and not the backstreet boys concert you're just overrun with concerts let me tell you uh, i am a middle-aged woman when hey, it comes big, to my music hey, big choices spender <laughs> to go to all these shows <laughs> Uh, well, I told you we're 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 spending money on experiences this year instead of things. It, was I, that your New Year's resolution? Well, actually, I think uh, pay down our debt was the biggest amount, of, and we're doing a good job on that. So, knock on wood, things are going well. Got good. some experiences. Um, we are, you know, much like you, getting things from the library instead of purchasing things. Oh, heck yeah, that's there's a lot you can learn from me, honey. <laughs> but I also spend a lot of money, which it makes no sense. Well, I uh, on the back end, I'll talk. With my favorite thing this week, I'll talk a bit about that. Okay, good. Uh, about choices when it comes to spending money. But, yeah, so this is our conversation with Mr. Andrew Schaefer. Um, outside of the newsroom, we, we conducted this at Joseph Beth Booksellers, mm-hmm. one of my favorite places. Oh, I love it. It's so calming, nice, unlike your scary voice that you were using at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, Mandy also doesn't like it when I use my, my slower voice. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page on that. Yeah, she thinks it's creepy. Yeah, it is. All right, cool. I'm glad we've established that. Everybody, here's our conversation with Andrew Schaefer. Hello, everyone. 
Hi. Uh, we're here with <laughs> Andrew Schaefer. He's very excited. We were just talking about some uh, podcasting stuff as far as um, peak podcast. Is that where we're at, mm -hmm. Andrea? Peak saturation. Everybody has a podcast, and so do we. So we got in, right? Right at the right time. You got in under the wire. <laughs> right under the wire. You're right. We've been doing this for a while. You're right. Yeah, we're still building we're an audience. Pros. That's what I keep telling myself. Yes, yes. All right, this is an exciting podcast. It's rare that we interview someone kind of outside the news world, which you kind of cover, like, you know, flirt with that line a little bit. So let's just talk about, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're describing your career so far, what do you say to people about your work? Uh, well, the first thing I don't say to them is that I'm an author because then they say, I've got a great idea I've been working on. I just, what if I tell it to you and then we go 50-50 on the book? You write it and I'll just give you the idea. Uh, and so, uh, so first off, I try to avoid that. Um, but, but when I tell people what I do, I say I, I write humor books. And the past couple of books that I've done, though, have had a political edge to them. And so it's kind of led to some weird situations where I've had people say, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, Joe Biden's chances? Or what are your thoughts on the debates or this? And I'm like, why would you ask me? I make stuff up. You know, in my books, uh, you know, Joe Biden and Barack Obama are crime solvers. Why do you think that I would have anything important to say on this topic? But he, he basically legitimized your book. I know, I know, I know. He, he, <laughs> and so did his wife. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are aware of the book, and, and he told me great job even though he hadn't read it, which is fine, you know, as long as, you know, it was just, it was just an honor to be recognized. <laughs> so let's go back to, to how this started. I guess how did the, we were, we were talking earlier, you said you've seen a lot of the uh, Obama and Biden memes, mm -hmm. and that, that you started kind of, thinking about kind of the, the fantasy world they may live in where these memes are a lot more accurate. Yeah, and I think, you you know, your podcast audience is very sophisticated, so I don't have to describe <laughs> well, what a meme is. This. They're able to download a podcast. They know what a meme is. Uh, but one of the great things that... that was happening around that time it was right when they were leaving office everyone was talking about joe biden and barack obama and they were going oh my gosh we don't know what we had for you know eight years here it was this great friendship and we kind of we kind of soured on it as a country or we kind of overlooked it and so one of the great things was everybody started to come out and celebrate that but it was in the form of memes and it was just regular people on the internet just sort of i call it like culture bubbling up from the bottom and uh, and every once in a while, uh, you know, something comes up like that where it just catches everyone off guard. And that caught, you know, me off guard. But I said immediately, I go, I want to, what if I want to turn that into a book somehow? And the way to turn it into a book was to go back to the original bromance in literature, which I think is Sherlock and Watson, and sort of use that dynamic together to, uh, to have them solve crimes. Because and, and, that's what best friends do, you know. It, it's also what the, the buddy cop genre is uh, with Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2 and Lethal Weapon 3 and Lethal Weapon 4. Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout. Now, just in your first book, Hope Never Dies, isn't, I think most people wouldn't guess that Biden is actually Sherlock, kind of, right? Um, if we're going by that, he's kind of the lead investigator. Well, well so the, the, the way it works in the books is, is I go by who's the narrator. So mm -hmm. in the Sherlock stories, the narrator was Watson. Ah, so, gotcha. so that's, I mean, you can look at who the protagonist is. And definitely in the stories, the protagonist drives the story here, which is Biden. But, but where I think about it, I think about it, where, what their point of view is. And so it's a hard, it was hard for me to get into Barack Obama's head. You want to imagine he's this super genius, kind of like Sherlock's a super sleuth. You don't want to imagine he's just a regular dude in there. So I wanted to keep it sort of mysterious. That's that's the Sherlock comparison that I would personally make with gotcha. him. Um, but yeah, it, it Biden does take the lead though in the cases. What did you think whenever you started seeing just how popular that first book got? Um, I was I was just shocked. It was it was it was not expected. Um, you know. And my publisher said, whoa, this is pretty cool. And I said, you didn't expect this? Come on. Someone, someone had to expect this. I know, I know. Thank you for holding on to that and not telling me that. The, the, it looked like a joke. And I mentioned this before, but it looked like a joke to even my Facebook friends uh, who would say, like, oh, it's a hilarious cover. You should write that book. 
And I said, well, I did, actually. I don't... Why would I pay someone to do a cover like this? Beautiful painted covers, photorealistic paintings. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have... You know, I don't... I, yeah, no, it's a real book. So so I think I think they've thought that with a lot of my other books as well. They too, I wrote a book, How to Survive a Sharknado. And, and, and some, again, some friends, very good friends are like, hilarious, Schaefer. You should write you that. You should write that. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I, and, I, and I even posted a picture with Ian Ziering from Sharknado with a copy of it. And they said, wow, great Photoshop. It looks like he's holding that. Oh, my God. I said, he, Honey, you need new friends. I know, or they just need to believe me. They sh- there you go. You need friends who believe in you. I yeah. need friends that believe me. <laughs> How often have you talked to somebody who maybe bought the book as a joke because they thought it was funny, or they, but then they end up reading it, really enjoying it, and suddenly they're like, "Hey, I, I, I want more of this." Uh, all the time, which is which is a, an interesting thing because if you sell a book that's a joke, oftentimes people don't want another one. They're like, I get the joke. With this one, though, there's an actual murder mystery. There's an actual crime to be solved. And so they solve a different crime in the second book. It goes in a different direction. And, and people have really latched on to that aspect of it. And they say, we want to spend more time with them and we want to go on other cases with them. You know, I've written books in the past. How to Survive a Sharknado, in fact. No one said, uh, give me another book. I want to know more more Sharknado Sharknado survival (laughs) tips. I was like, well, I don't know. So when the memes were at peak saturation, we'll stick Mm -hmm. with that theme. I remember my co-anchor is actually our political reporter, kind of our political expert. And I looked over to him and I was like, so if Biden were to run, could Barack be his vice president? And I think he said that there's some loophole where that's possible. But I think you're right. Like, so many people just really love that relationship. But what did you see in it? What yeah, I, I just saw that they were having fun. And the thing that a lot of people don't remember is that they started off just hating each other. Right, they ran in against the Senate, each other. In the Senate, even, they they would, uh, you know, Joe would be droning on. He was just, he was just... He would just go on and on, and Brock would be sitting there, like, passing notes to to his aides, being like, get me out of here. This is ridiculous. Um, you know, shut this guy up. So they did not like each other. They had very, very different politics. And especially on the first day that Joe Biden became the running mate, he said something terribly offensive, uh, a little bit racially charged. And it was just like, oh, this is not going to last. And the fact that they became good friends over the years and their kids became friends and their grandkids or, or Biden's grandkids with uh, Obama's kids. It was just it was just amazing that that they sort of came together and become friends. And I said, that's something that's missing in politics is people who disagree. Like right now, if you look at, you know, the, the Democratic field, it's like it's like that person wants Medicare for all and that person wants Medicare for everyone except for 10 people. I hate them. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. You guys basically agree on it, though? No, they're we hate each other. They're tear each other well, apart. they're not allowed to do that. I know, know. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that's not allowed. So, What's it like writing characters who are still in the public eye and doing stuff? I mean, you might be in the middle of a story and suddenly... Biden does something that gets a lot of attention. Do you have to weave that in? You think Biden would do that? (laughs) I don't. That doesn't sound like Joe Biden. I knew with the last book, I knew they weren't going to step out or do anything pretty much until the book came out. And in fact, a week after the last book came out, uh, they stepped out together and had a sandwich together and it kind of broke the Internet. So I think that, you know, that maybe the book brought them back together in a way. They were like, hey, man, we don't talk like we used to talk. You know, it's been a while. So, so tell uh, us about the interaction. You said that uh, uh, Biden, uh, how do you know he's at least aware of the book? Yeah, his, his people got a hold of me and they said he's coming through Kentucky. He wants to talk to you. And we sat in the front row at one of his rallies. And next to us was, uh, I think, Steve Bashir and uh, another uh, Democratic governor from Kentucky, I forget. And people, they were, like, waving to people the whole time. And we were sitting in the front row, and I started to, like, wave to people. And my wife is like, stop it. You're going to embarrass us. And I was like, it's already embarrassing. We're already sitting in the front row. People are going, who are they? And, they, and it was further embarrassing. They said, as soon as Joe's done talking on stage, he's going to come down, and he's going to talk right to you. Not, the, not Steve Bashir. He's going to talk to you. And I said, okay. It sounded like he was, you know, I don't know if he was it's mad It's almost like the not. principal was showing up. I know. It was like, he's, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. You're sitting in the front row, and you're going to wait there until I'm done, and then I'm going to talk to you, and then we're, you know. And, and he came right up to me, and he said, you wrote that book about me. And I said, I said, yeah. And he goes, great job. I love it. 
and it was just this amazing moment. And I said, I said, oh, thank, I just this relief. And I said, oh, I'm so glad that you read it and loved it. He goes, no, I didn't read it, but I loved it. <laughs> he loved the cover. He just loved like the friend. cover, and I'm like, yeah, I totally painted that cover myself. So yeah, just, just the idea <laughs> of it is an, is a good. He signed. Him. He signed the book to me, and what's really strange is he actually signed it just Joe. He usually signs his full name and stuff that he signs, but for my book. I knew how close we were when he just signed it, J-O-E. And and then he, or maybe that was just his way of doing plausible deniability in case someone goes, he goes, that's not my signature. You can tell. I never do that. Uh, is it, um, I guess... You were also telling me that uh, sometimes other people have him sign your book? Yeah, yeah. People at the—I didn't pay them to bring the book up to him, but people (laughs) were bringing the book up to him at the rally saying, would you sign this? And he's just signing everything left and right. And so I think that's how he heard about the book. Uh, And then someone gave him, like, an Obama doll, and he signed that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You will— You'll sign anything, and they're like, "Yeah, pretty much." Um, yeah. Barack Obama, though. Yeah, Barack Obama, though. I've heard will only sign his own books that he's written. He's like, "I'm an author, and as part of the author's code, I will only sign my own books." And I said, "There's no author's code. Oh, I'll sign yeah. anything." <laughs> I'll sign whatever. You want. Had you not we been made aware? Back. Because this isn't your only political book. There was actually one before this yeah, about yeah. our current president. You kind of almost predicted the future, Yeah, basically. yeah. So early in 2016, I wrote a book called Day of the Donald. About is a satire about what would happen if Donald Trump became president. I started writing it. He was like at 1% in the polls or something. He shot up, and then my book came out, and suddenly, uh, in, in July of that year, and suddenly he was the nominee, and... Nobody wanted to read the book because it's happening right before your eyes. You just don't, you know, especially people on the real. left were like, we don't want to jinx it. I was going to say, you think like people on the left were, yeah, they were they were afraid and people on the right probably felt they, they were like, oh, well, you're making fun of somebody who we're supporting and we don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that was weird was the pub- that publisher, uh, at the time they said, we want you to play this straight down the middle, okay, in your interviews and stuff. We don't want you to come down that the book's on one side or the other of Trump. And I said... Who is that play to? Because immediately it was like, oh, we're in a different era. Like people either hated him or loved him. There was no like, oh, I think he's kind of okay. I, you know, I have to see what his views. No, there was no down the middle at all. It was just one or the other. And so I came out in my interviews and they're like, is this anti-Trump or pro-Trump? And I'm like, it's kind of like just like he's a, got a weird haircut. Trump. I don't know. What. Have you thought about re-releasing it at this point? Because in a way, it's almost like it's more relevant now because you compare yeah. it to what has happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I've thought about that, um, but it's it's almost like throwing good money after bad. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, it's like, well, the the, uh, the Obama Biden books are doing well. It's, I know. At, at, at this point, uh, it's there's so many things that sort of came true. I say, like he calls the Prince of Wales the Prince of Wales, W H A L E S. So I. You know, I felt it skirts a little too close to reality now. So if you read it now, you go, "Oh well, this this, this sounds like happening. this sounds like a nonfiction book here." You know, there's nothing. The the only I think the great thing in the book that happens, I think we have uh, Ted Cruz is framed as the Zodiac killer, um, which again is, <laughs> which another, is another meme. <laughs> another internet meme. And and it's one that, in fact, I think Ted Cruz celebrated that this year. Ted Cruz did make fun of it. Yeah, on he Twitter, had, he, embraced he, it. he embraced it. So that was the only thing. But I had Ted Cruz looking awesome in this book. So I'm just surprised that you know that nothing I wrote about Ted Cruz has come true. Um, he hasn't gotten jacked up. He hasn't gone to prison. He hasn't. None of that. Well, I know a lot of late night hosts were saying, you know, everybody thought that it was going to be like just, you know fish in a barrel as far as the jokes but it's almost like it's hard to sometimes to make something that's already funny funnier oh yeah yeah you can't you can't satirize something that's funny if if you know it'd be like if you hey i'm gonna write a satire of a, a parody of the movie there's something about mary you can't do it because it's already a funny thing mm-hmm. you know i guess you could do it by turning it into a a dark dark thriller and i think i've seen a video again on the internet uh the, of turning that movie into like a stalker thriller or something but yeah you, you don't know uh you, you can't it's really hard to satirize donald trump or or basically anyone at this point so i was gonna say because everybody it seems like is so 
It's like everybody's kind of forgot about the middle at this point, and it's like you really, yeah, everybody yeah. Is, is so entrenched on on what they're doing that they, um, yeah, trying to satirize that seems seems yeah, difficult. yeah, and it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm kind of in a weird place myself. I don't, I try not to come out at my events and go, hey, I'm totally for this is all about Joe Biden because because you know I, I I'm like I'm honest. I'm like I think there's a lot of good candidates on one side, and we'll wait and see what happens. But I don't want to. Uh, you know, push people one way or the other because then you might push some of your readers away. Um, you know, just just being honest. So, uh, but I'm from Iowa, and I think Kentucky's a little bit of the same way, where it's this Midwestern like like we're not going to talk about our politics unless you get really in our face about it. And so, you know, growing up, I didn't have any idea who anyone's politics were. You know, including I think my own parents. They'd be I'd be like, who'd you vote for? And they'll be like, that's between business. that's between me and the ballot box. Wow. Uh, you know and. My so, dad used to let me press the buttons. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. which is probably, if that's, that's illegal. I'm know. not sure you're allowed to do that. I think yeah. the statute oh, of limitations has gone away. You're right. You're on right. That. But, but, yeah, it was so it was just a different environment. And now it's like everybody's, like, out there with their politics. And so it does it does put me in kind of a strange place sometimes where I'm like, I'm kind of not out there with my politics all the time. So, But even just the nature of the books, you know that there are some people who just aren't even going to give them a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think they wouldn't give them a chance anyway. There's enough people there's enough of an audience out there for the books that uh, that they're doing well so but that's I don't what, worry about um, it. there's a game designer i like a lot and he talks about if um you design something that is universally liked it's not really going to do that well but if you yeah if you yeah. write if you do something that is that some people love some people hate that's where you find your successes because the people who love it are really going to be all there for it at least one side. Yeah, it's really strange. I think one of the top-selling books right now is some book about crawdads or something. I don't. Or well, the crawdads that, thing is that the one? Is that, that yeah? I think that's it. It's like I don't know what it's about. I don't, probably not any crawdads in it, <laughs> but it looks it looks from the cover and from people's describing it to me like kind of a bland book almost. But it appeals to everyone, and it's like number one on the charts. But I've asked people. I said like, have you have you bought it? Yeah, have you read it? Oh no, it's sitting on my nightstand. I'm like, what's it about? And they're like, I don't know, but it's number one, so it has to be good. <laughs> I was told I need to purchase. It, I was basically. told that I need to purchase this, and I said, well, you know, I, and it may be a great book. I have no idea, but I think it, you know, I'm just like, well, yeah. If you try to, if you do appeal to everyone, you're you're actually going to appeal to no one that strongly. You I know? have a confession. I did this with music because I remember this guy I had like the biggest crush on looked at my iPod like he just grabbed it from me in college because I'm a loser and um, literally he made fun of my music choices so from there on out like I would just get music because I thought it would be cool. You said that's it I'm into grunge and just started. No I mean I w- yes basically yes. It's like I lost all identity. <laughs> you went and downloaded made, all the uh, three three doors down voice. you could and <laughs> next thing you know. Yeah. But, I mean, people do that. You know that's true. Yeah. Wait, wait. So you replaced the Backstreet Boys on there? Well, I, I just added to my collection. I okay. couldn't. I, was I didn't have say, the heart to replace you them. You can't replace them because... Oh, we're going to the concert. We already we both have. Bought oh, our, I'm we going bought to the concert, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. We'll be yeah. there. We'll see you. Louisville. Louisville. It's in Louisville. It's oh, it the, is? Yeah. Dang, it's I got to figure these things out, Yeah. No, you're coming with... So it's... me where I need to go. It's me and my wife and then Andrea and her... At that point, it may be her mom. It may be a date. We're not sure. It depends on which podcast you listen to, whether or not Andrea has a boyfriend. <laughs> no. It's uh, rare. Uh, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, my God. I've seen them in concert so many times. Uh, I've only seen them once. But every time I go, my someone will post, like, my wife will post a picture, and, and they'll be like, oh, that's so great that, you know, your husband is going with you to that and He's taking so you. So supportive. And she's like, no, I'm going because he makes me go because he doesn't want to go alone and be... You know, that is exactly what happened. I, I told some friends, I was like, yep, yeah, we got Backstreet Boys tickets. And they're like, oh, she's making you go, huh? And I was like, no, I'm making her go. <laughs> Think about all the hits. I mean, it's just one after another. It's like seeing Tom Petty in concert. Mm-hmm. I swear. It's just hit after hit and after hit. They're kind of Kentucky royalty because, uh, you know, two, oh, two yeah. of them are from here. Yeah. One's from, yeah. One's from Lexington, one's from Irvin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're. All right. Estill County. We've gone off on a tangent. We yeah, don't I don't think so. This is a Backstreet Boys podcast <laughs> That's now. right. It, it could be. It could. <laughs> yeah, we should get one of We've them on here. Just, it's just turned into a different <laughs> Does this podcast. happen when you're being interviewed on NPR? You get a lot of Backstreet Boys level? talk? When, uh, you know, no. When I was on NPR, what's the best part about being on NPR is when they do the NPR voice. Like, oh, So they'd yes. be like talking like normally. be like, okay, so we're going to go live here in three, two, one. Hello. 
I'm here with Andrew Schaefer. You know, it's just like it's just like so different. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you're a different I'm person. Like, what happened to that person I was just talking to? And then they wrap up and they're like, okay, that was good. Which is kind of the opposite so of us weird. because we talk like this, and then we get into our news voices, and they're bigger, our and they're. Podcast is much more laid back, which I think is yeah. what they want. Okay, back yeah. to the book. Anyway, well, I no, need I, to know, oh. I need to know. What do you need to know. I want to know reaction, like best reactions from both sides, like the best hate reaction and the best love reaction you've gotten from these books. <laughs> um, you Are know, we allowed to say? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the best hate reaction, I think, you. There are a lot of writers who say, "Oh, I don't read my bad reviews because I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to read them." And I say, "Well, if you're a chef, would you not want to read your Yelp reviews, even if they're complete bowl, because you want to know, you know, if you're making the customers sick?" And right? if there's somebody who might be interested, and it was just one, you know, sometimes people have relevant complaints. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. they have relevant complaints. I'll say this: <laughs> someone came up to me recently and said, "You know what?" I love the second book. It's so much better than the first book. And I said, okay, that's good. Then they kept going. They go, yeah, there's not that whole part in the middle where it's kind of dragging and it's kind of nothing happening. And, you know, that whole thing, you got rid of that in the new book. It's just perfect. It's perfect. And I'm not going to lie, the the response across the board has been that the new book is better because, and I'm like, I know what chapter you're talking about, but when you're writing a book, and the publisher says we need 70,000 words and you've only got 65. <laughs> Where are you going to put 5,000 extra words? Are you going to put them in the right beginning? The no. Are you going to put them at the end? No. You're just going to bury them in the middle. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a part where they're just driving around a parking garage in circles for an hour. You know, what am I, you know, that's just. Seinfeld. That, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Seinfeld All of a sudden it turns. <laughs> really, the situations they get into in some of the books are very Seinfeld-like. <laughs> and it was just like. Yeah, so I don't, so I, I do hear complaints about the books, and and I, I take that to heart. I you know like I said for the new one, I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna fight back. I'm gonna cut out those five thousand words in the middle that I don't want. I'm not gonna put them in there. And you know the publisher's like, yeah, we heard those complaints too. Just let's just keep them out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one obviously uh, comes out um, before the the next election, but I guess. I'm going to guess there may be a third, uh, plans for a third, is there? <laughs> right now, I don't know which way uh, That's Joe my question. Biden's how do you plan? Yeah, how do and you so plan And so I that? can't really write a book with Joe Biden as the, you know, it's it would come out next July if I wrote one. And already it's just like he could either be on the cusp of the nomination at the top of his game, or he could be at home watching the, you know, watching Cheers or something. Which would be two very different places Which for Which is character. two very different places. And when I write, I, I don't go off just the plot. I go off the emotional situation. Because if you read these books, they're very emotional. Joe Biden is wrestling with questions about how he is, um, you know, what what is his legacy? Is he too old to run again? What There's these questions. And will Barack be my friend again or are we done? You know, was he just a work wife? You know, so you have these tough, tough questions. And and it's Andrew's very emotional. I'm so here for it. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, does it get tough sometimes? Like, are the lines blurred between what's real and what's not in your head? Because you've created this this fully developed character in your head of who Joe Biden is, who Barack Obama not is. Not in my head, but I have... I did hear about a reader that had dementia that read the book and um, she is like they are such great crime fighters I'm definitely voting for Joe Biden this time around and no matter how many times her family tells her that this was a fictional book it's embedded in her mind that the events happened and so I would say I have a better grip on reality than that. Sometimes it gets a little loose, but... But at the same time, somebody who's read these, suddenly they have these ideas of these people that they may yeah. you know, over, overlap with who they... Well, I'll, I'll say that when you saw Joe Biden on stage, people said he looks old, you know. And if you read my book, I portray him as very old um, because he is old. You know, I don't know any... There's no nice way to say that or a bad way. It's, it just is who he is. He can't de-age himself or something. You know, Bernie is older. There uh, there are certainly older politicians out there, so it's, it's not... a bad thing in our culture. Not I know, only, I know, but it's, it's like in other cultures, that's like respected, revered, like these are... Celebrated, yeah. Yeah, exactly, but we're just like, oh, no. Yeah, and, 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 and in 
fact, I've you know, I I mean, yeah, there are certain there are certain cultures in the U.S. even who have who people have come up to me and said that that's you know that's just wrong uh, for people to you know get on him because he's old. I mean, he 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 wasn't doing that moving your mouth thing that you know old folks sometimes do mushing his teeth and grinding on his tongue or he didn't come up there in a walker you know not that there's anything wrong with it but i'm like if you thought he was old you know i saw an older guy the very next day after the debates driving a car and just stare at me like i was an idiot and he's the one who cut me off you know and i'm like having an old president is not the worst thing in the world because what's the first thing they do secret service takes their keys away so, <laughs> so, you don't have to worry about so this is not. You're welcome, family. This is That's not. You know, do. if if you want the keys taken away from someone, and it's kind of a rough deal. You know, we've all had family members like that, and it's just a tough situation. Urge them. We I need more of old people. Yeah, we need job. more pe- old people to run for president. Just get them elected, and thanks thing you know. Just get them in office, and boom, they're done. So, what was the um, as far as promotions? Like these books have really done well i mean you're a yeah. new york times bestseller like where did they go like what kind of events did they they pitch these books at how did you how did they take off uh well there was a, a couple of stories early on new york times washington post and it was and it was uh and it also got pitched along with uh bill clinton and james patterson wrote a presidential book together a thriller so they was like the year of the presidential thriller and i mean i'm the only one that came back with a sequel this year i don't see i don't know what bill clinton's been doing for the past year also, so many of these books are so serious. I was just over there at the political section. Oh, yeah, and, the, yeah. and you look and you just see all these. It's, it's a lot of angry faces and, and yours, obviously, a bit tongue-in-cheek. Do you think a sense of humor would help us? It, I mean, honestly, it's I like we say. So. We hate each other, it seems like, in politics uh, so much. It's like, just learn to laugh a little. I, I think laughing at yourself, laughing at, you know, is, is really important. And I think that's, you know, the one time during uh, the Trump presidency that I kind of felt everybody come together was when he tweeted Kofifi, whatever that word was, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. No one knows what word he was trying to tweet. But then he was like, I'll tell you what it means later. (laughs) Um, And I think like everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that is like the fun Trump presidency. That's what I kind of kind of want if i was going to have a reality television show host as president i wanted it to be just misspellings all the time and whoops you know <laughs> just a laugh track just a laugh track <laughs> the whole time and you know and instead uh it's it's been a little bit more serious than that but i thought you know i just thought that if if you're able to laugh about stuff it immediately diffuses a lot of tension in the in the room and that's just yeah. What what's miss, obviously missing from politics, I, you know. And I saw Joe Biden up there on the stage, on the debate stage. He didn't crack a single joke, you know. He there was one point where he kind of smiled, but it was like a I can't believe you said that to me. And there was the passing the torch comment, and he's like, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> uh, Nobody you know, likes creepy Uncle Joe. Everybody likes fun fun Uncle Joe. I know everybody likes fun Uncle Joe, and I'm like, if you get up there and tell some jokes. Um, so I've been telling like some Joe Biden so old jokes that I think that I think would really help him if he just got up there on the debate stage and repeated them you know like owned it himself yeah like joe biden is so old that he knew the golden girls when they were just girls (laughs) or joe biden is so old um that he flew for the wait no what that's actually that, part, of sorry, that's yeah. part of the joke. Sorry, that's part of the joke. He just he just trails off. And just tell it like that. No. I that you, that you studied comedy writing at Second City, which yes, I mean, for yeah, anybody yeah. who loves comedy, that's the gold standard. What yeah, was that like? Yeah, it was great. I I drove back and forth like every Sunday for for like six months, going to and from comedy classes there from Iowa, and that's a it's a four hour drive each way. So it was it was rough, but it was so worth it. I just learned so much. And then it came to a point where I just my body I was just like I can't drive eight hours eight every hours Sunday, you know, and I, I I opted out at that point. But it really helped you learn that anybody can be funny. You don't have to be a comedian. It can these can be trained. And I say the same thing about writing. Anybody can write. You just have to put a lot of time into it. That's all it is. What's it's it, it's gonna say, can that be taught? But you say it can. It can. If but it it takes so long. Right. Um, what I'll have 
oftentimes is someone come up to me. Uh, I do a mentoring program through Carnegie here in, in Lexington. And I'll often have people come up to me and they'll say, hey, you know, I've just retired from my job and I want to put, I want to write a book and I need some help with it. And I'll say, well, if you want to get good at it, you have to spend, you know, 10,000 hours writing. Mm-hmm. It's a Malcolm Gladwell thing. Um, I don't, you know, it's the only one I think I learned from his books that <laughs> that stuck with me and Malcolm Gladwellism. But it really is true. If you spend enough time at anything, you can become a good musician, whatever. So we so got uh, 9,870 9, more hours before we get good at the podcasting thing. Is that the? I wouldn't have said that out loud but (laughs) I like to put my insecurities out there in the world for everybody to hear Uh, so so outside of uh, books writing obviously big into that I guess what what are you into what are your hobbies outside of books like what are you outside yeah like what what do you like to he just said it takes 10,000 hours no I I didn't I didn't mean to do I mean like what do you enjoy as far as like movies and music all that kind of stuff oh um, you know uh, Backstreet Boys we've already covered that there Um, we go you know, I'm kind of excited for the Spice Girls reunion, but that is not coming stateside yet. I'm a little disappointed. Um, I saw them many years ago, but without Ginger, so it was the it really. I really don't. You can get by without Posh, but you really it's need like Ginger. I know. Left for a while. Remember, it's like AJ seeing, got kind of kicked out for a while. Kevin Kevin leaves for a while too, but he's Ooh, back no, on the. Oh yeah, Kevin that left. Kevin, yeah. He was mad at AJ. And he, yeah. made, he made a surprise appearance at one of their L.A. concerts because I saw it on YouTube and the crowd went wild. Oh, oh yeah. So I, 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 I like a lot of music. Uh, um, I drink a lot cool of coffee. Music. I think, I don't know, is coffee a hobby? Yeah, that can be. Anything that you take. Co- you know. I listen to a ton of podcasts. My 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 iPhone is just stacked with podcasts. Yeah, There's a couple of times of that I've had so many where I'm like, I'm just going to declare podcast bankruptcy because you, you see like delete them all you, when you go next or it's like yeah do you would you like to play the next you know 68 podcast and you're like i okay yeah i know i think you know you get to a point where there's just so many on there but yeah no i love listening but if to you're me. listening don't delete this one <laughs> yes please <laughs> because it's, it's where you can have an actual conversation with someone it's not a it's not a 280 character soundbite on twitter or, or something you've pulled out of context on facebook it's like an actual conversation so it's been it, interesting for us trying to push that out to our audience because we have you know uh, a lot of people who maybe just don't know about podcasts so they f- they'll follow the so website restricted as far as our stories have to be you know like 90 seconds oh yeah done. and yeah. it's so hard to tell a story in 90 seconds and there's so many things you wish you could say or wish you could have included yeah, like, paint a yeah. Fuller, uh, you know a better yeah. picture of what was going on but that's what i love about podcasts yeah yeah it's it's just a long form and i see it i see it becoming more and more important in our culture where people go i'm tired of the sound bites and i just want to unplug and i just want to i just want to get back to you know being able to read a book in full there's a lot of people that say oh i can't i don't have time to read books and again that's another reason i cut those extra five thousand words out of my book because uh, it gives you know you finish this book a lot faster Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, he was telling me he's also they've been out to miguel's pizza Oh yeah, okay. We go we go to out to Natural Bridge. We go out to Natural Bridge a lot. She gets aggravated with me talking about food. Um, we're not we're not lot. like the 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 climbing the rocks type people, uh, but we are like the the hiking and the trails and and all that kind of hike stuff. Hike up to the top of the bridge it takes about an hour. It's nice. Yeah, if you hike walk. to the bridge and back down, you've burned off enough calories for one slice of one Miguel's time. pizza. <laughs> exactly. And if you you know, uh, yeah, it's. Look, calorie counting when you're out there can be tough. Um, All right. Well, if somebody's listening to this and they want to check out the book, I guess the easiest place, we'll especially. Well, this will come out after. Um, no, but the Carnegie Center. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I teach classes at the Carnegie Center. Uh, you can find those out on online. So at the Carnegie Center. I usually say just if you Google my name and you spell it right, everything's on my website, tour dates, books, uh Carnegie Center mentoring and stuff at Andrew Schaefer S H A F F E R dot com. Books and available if, everywhere. Yeah, and if you don't spell it right, um, you know that's the first thing we're going to work on. If I mentor you in the program, is there we're going to work go. on spelling. <laughs> Andrew, any other questions? Uh, no, I don't think so. I feel like I could talk to you all day, so I'll I'll kind of stop myself from asking more. So we have both literally just started Hope Never Dies, so we'll, we'll have, have to... in large print from the Jessamine <laughs> County Public Library, because that was the first one. I had to put it on hold. It's they great. It's a hardback out. copy, the oh, large yeah. print one. Yeah, I, I got a copy of that, too. <laughs> so uh, once we finish both books, we'll have to hit you back up and, uh, you know, we'll catch you next time you're in town, and, and we'll just do a deep well, dive. Well, you know, the next time, t- uh, next time I'll see you guys is uh, at this the concert, probably. Concert. Yeah, really, yeah. That's true, yeah. I guess we'll 
Yeah. We're getting beers at the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do they serve that at those now? I guess now they're not. The audience, yeah, the well, audience the audience has aged. It's gone from being the teenage girls has to aged. middle-aged women, so, and it's, us. I'll, a, a little word of advice, though. It gets a little rowdy at the Backstreet Boys concerts. The last one I went to, it was almost like a Magic Mike uh, show. <laughs> like, the crowd wow. was insane the crowd for was them. The- performers no they well <laughs> a little bit of both <laughs> and they would kind of play into it kind of like a little uh they're a little risque now on stage oh my gosh i'm so excited like you want it that way they will excited. show you what way they want it oh, that's very exciting all right <laughs> well um on that note thank you all for listening and uh you know s-h-a-f-f-e-r uh backstreetboys.com backstreetboys.com yep you can find out that you can catch us all at the concert there you go all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Well, Victor, what did you think? I thought I'm that went pretty well. No, I like that. <laughs> give, you, give you a moment to take control. There you um, go. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, it was really fun meeting him. Um, I think once we have both finished the books, uh, we, we may we'll, we'll talk about it on here. And uh, yeah, that, that was exciting. It's always neat to to meet people who are um, local but doing kind of global things. And, you know, these books on the New York Times bestsellers list, they're obviously... Can you imagine being on the New York Times bestseller list? I can imagine a lot of things. Do you think the odds... Like, they always talk about the odds of you having a kid, be a pro football player are so (laughs) odd. Like, this has to be even smaller chances, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I guess if you list, you know, the list of people who've been on the New York Times bestseller list, I'm sure it's a pretty pretty short. pretty, Pretty short one. Yeah. So there we go. There you all. Let you us know. It. Let us know what you think of the books. Um, like I said, we'll be reading them and, and um, go into know. it with a good attitude. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Don't take it too seriously. Like we, ha- I like we said in the podcast. Like you got to learn to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Life is too short to get so torn up about things. And people do get. To- and, but one of the things he, he talked to me about was that because I I also interviewed him for our, our new story mm-hmm. um, that that aired before this one. Um, and so that's that's online already. You can find my interview with him as far as that story. Um, one of the things he said that um, people actually I don't think I don't know if I even used this because the story ended up going kind of long. But one of the things he said that sometimes he was he was in New York and he's talking about his writing and somebody from New York said, "Oh, you're so brave to do what you do from there." <laughs> and he and he told them, "Have you ever been to Kentucky?" Because most people don't care that much about politics. Like if we talk about bourbon and horses and basketball like those are all things that that people you know well i'll be honest when i was in ireland they're really big into american politics there really? had a lot of people asking me about it and every time i said i was from kentucky they're like oh you must love trump and i was like that's not necessarily true and you know not gonna say which way i lean at all but it was just interesting that they even people just knew. make assumptions but the fact that in ireland they knew kentucky leans Right. Well, it's th- bizarre to me. I'm like, how do you know that? Well, it is weird because you think about how Kentucky is politically on the national stage a lot. We got Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. you know, that's true. Leader of the Senate, uh, Rand Paul makes the news a lot. I mean, so you know, our we, biggest figures are, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. So uh, uh, Kentucky politicians tend to make the news a lot, and you, you think about just you pick a random state other than some of the bigger ones like you know New York and California. Yeah, those people are on the national stage, but how many other? Um, relatively smaller population-wise states get that much attention. You're right. You're right. I guess it makes more sense when you put it that way. I don't know why I didn't make that connection, but it just still fascinated me. I know nothing about politics in Ireland. Ireland. You know what I mean? So I was just like, wow, I'm impressed. And you're like, oh, did you pull a sword from a lake? Is that how you became the... I think that was England. Anyway. What? A sword from a lake? King Arthur. It's the sword in the stone. The lady in the lake. Well, sword in the stone was the Disney version. That's not real? None of it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're not. Okay. Um, okay. So, Andrew, do you have a favorite thing this week? Well, I think I'm going to do something a little controversial. Oh, my goodness. My favorite thing is the cartoon version of Lion King. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're not down with the live action? Well, it was beautiful. I will say it was beautiful. Oh, did you go see it? Yeah, I saw it. I so I donated blood so I could get two free tickets to the movies. So <laughs> okay. I got to go for free, saving money, people yep, saving that's money. Great. But it's not that the new one wasn't good. I thought it was really good. But I went into it biased. Obviously, that came out in like my prime kid years. So Lion King meant a lot to me as a child. I loved that movie. The music was so good. Got to say that the original music I thought was better. 
it was more musical theater, you know yeah. what I mean? And it just fit the Disney thing, I think. One of the things I heard in the reviews was that the new version, they don't sing the songs fully. Is that right? Okay, like Be Prepared, of? Scar's song, which was like my favorite movie. They mm-hmm. butchered it. I'm uh, sorry. The rest of them were fine, but they butchered that one. And that was, oh, that was my favorite. Now, Scar had a better backstory. I'll say that. Like, you understood Scar better after seeing the live action. Like, the story kind of made more sense. And it could just be that I'm older and understand things more now. <laughs> so uh, it's been a while since I revisited the cartoon version. But I'll say I cried more in the cartoon when Mufasa died than in the real one. Spoilers. But you were also... <sighs> I, think it, a, I think we're safe. You were also a child at the time. So. And I think... And do not get me wrong here. I love Beyonce. But it was weird having her in that movie just because I'm like, that's Beyonce. That's it's like, thing. you can't separate She's such Beyonce. A big presence, yeah, yeah. That, that it's hard to. So I'm like, you're not Nala, that's Beyonce. <laughs> you that's know? good. I'm like that. It's like, it's like whenever, yeah, really famous people take over a role suddenly. Mm-hmm. Like when Ben Affleck became Batman, you're right. still, you're kind of like, although I, I still thought he was great. I, I, I liked his stuff a lot. But yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying Beyonce was bad. She wasn't at all. It was just, it, you know, for me, it was kind of hard to separate the two. Whereas when Henry Cavill was Superman, he was less well known. So mm-hmm. you're able to just see him as. He's so handsome. I had a crush on him way before he was on, way before he became Superman, because he was on a show called The Tudors. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's also, have you seen the trailer for Witcher? Mm-mm. The new Netflix series that no, he's in? No, is he on it? I'll show you that when we're done. <sighs> yeah, it looks pretty good. So my, so your favorite thing is the original cartoon <laughs> Lion King. I know, and I'm not hating. I, I no. don't want to be a hater. <laughs> You're just saying between the two, go check that one out. Well, check them both out. Or if you want to see the original, go check out Kimba, the White Lion, the cartoon. Oh, are you going to get into that? I'm not going to completely get into it. Is it a Japanese it. cartoon? Yeah, if you just do a quick search for Kimba, the White Lion, there's been rumblings that, um, you know, the Yeah, Lion I'm going to have to say that there's some pretty... <laughs> there's some similarities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, there we go. Well, my favorite thing this week, it's actually two of them. They're both board game related. They're both on Kickstarter. Oh. Two very different games. Um, as of... As of the day this comes out, you've got about two weeks to go back them if you want. Um, so if you've never used Kickstarter, it is a thing where people can put up a project. They say, I'd like some amount of money to fund this thing. If Andrea's you give me money. House. Exactly. If you give me money when it's completed, I will. Name it after you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and in the case of the board, it's gotten very big in the board game world because people who may not have the infrastructure or big companies, they can put up their project. People give them money and then they'll ship it out to them. There have been some spectacular failures where they've raised millions of dollars and then somebody just ran off, built a house. The fire festival. Well, no, I mean in the board game world. People literally like millions oh, that's of terrible. There was a, there was also a guy who lost his house. He had to he had to sell his house to have enough because he didn't calculate shipping right. So then oh, he had to no. sell his house to, to be able to ship, ship out all these games that had been purchased. Yes. So he said if you donate, I'll send you the game when it when we can make it. Yeah. Oh, honey, well, no. But, I mean, at least he followed through. There are some people who just didn't. Like, they literally, they, they get a note like, sorry, one of the other guys took all the money, and we don't have enough to complete it. You don't get that anything. That is so noble. And then you've got, you know, thousands of people who gave, you know, 100 bucks each, and suddenly they Would you do out. that? Would you sell your home to keep your promise? Heck no. Even, it even says in Kickstarter, it's not a promise of, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get something. We're gonna do, you're funding a we'll dream. We'll do our best. Yeah, I don't know about selling your house now. <laughs> but there, are, I'll, I'll send you a link to the story. It's very interesting. Just I mean, I respect it, it. Look up Glory to Rome Kickstarter. That was the name of the game. Glory, Glory to Rome. Glory to Rome. And there's okay. there was a whole article about it, just what a debacle it was. Wow. Very good game, though. Probably my favorite game of all time. Good deal. Um, so there are two different games, two very different two very very different ones. The first one is put out by the people who do uh, Cyanide and Happiness. It's a it's an online it's a web cartoon. It's called Trial by Trolley, and it's a party game where you use, one person is the train conductor, and the other two people split up into teams, and then there's this train tracks. Have you ever heard of the, the trolley conundrum? Like somebody, you're a trolley, and you're going, and you see somebody on the tracks in, in front of you. And you can't stop. But Well, there's a diversion, but then the diversion, you see that there's another group of people. So which do you do? You know, Is it uh... more right to... To kill one or one? Yeah. more? So this one, this game, you have these cards that have people on them and you put them down on the track and then they have to choose which one so it might be like you know a small child over here and this one is like a kitten cuddled with a dog but then people can add like oh but there's also a mass murderer on this track and it's literally one of the cards oh. is nickelback he can be like oh but nickelback is on this track oh my god so, you... so it's famous people are just like something that will elicit a strong reaction 
Yeah, it's it. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's all like one of them is it says your best friend. Another one it says a teenage superhero who one day saved the city. Oh my god! And so then you try to figure out which of these <laughs> people get ran over. Um, so that's so that's called Trial by Trolley, and it's it's on Kickstarter right now. And um, it's dark, but I like it. It is dark, but it's kind of the kind of the fun kind of conversations. I, I, th- I think me and my friends would enjoy. So that is on there. And then the other one. You said that like I'm not a member of that group. Well, so. Um, <gasps> no, Andrea, I think we would enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Something that me and my friends. Not in if I get room. that game, I'll be sure to play it with you. Okay. The other one is also on Kickstarter and it's called Dinogenics. Okay. And it's the second printing of a game that came out that was very popular, but it was really hard to get. And so this, it's imagine Jurassic Park, the board game. Okay. You lead a corporation. That was my first thought. Yes. So you have a pen of dinosaurs, and you've got to feed them. If you get the meat-eating ones, you have to get goats to feed to them. You maybe will hear the lawnmower in the background. I know. I keep watching. You keep it staring just keeps at. Driving it, back it's and just forth. distracting Andrew. It's like she's watching a tennis uh, match. Just. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so yes, Dinogenics. Um, they they have an expansion coming out. You can buy that if you want, but you can also just purchase the base game, and it's uh, spelled. Dino, G E N I C S. So these games are trying to raise money, or they've already raised the money. These games are going to happen regardless. Okay. Um, they're very popular, so I mean, it's just a matter of. The, for some people, it's almost like a pre-order system. Gotcha. They just use Kickstarter because Kickstarter is so well known. Like board gamers check it every day. They know that if they put a game on Kickstarter, like Kickstarter gets ten percent of the money. But essentially, you've you've got all this free advertisement built in. It's because worth it. There's a giant audience already. So there. it's a shark in Shark Tank. Yes. Working with they're the yeah. equivalent of a shark. It really is. A, if you think about it like that, like Dinogenics, so far they've raised two hundred twenty-eight thousand hmm. dollars. So these games will get made in uh, trial by trolley. I'm 228000 dollars. Sure. Trial by trolley has raised two million thirty-five thousand dollars. Like I said, that game's gonna get made. Not gonna lie, I really want to play it. <laughs> Their previous game, um, it was kind of panels of a web comic that you would. Uh, put together and I'm trying to see how much how much that one raised because it was also a large amount it was one of the because the fans of their web comic would all come in and and uh, a web comic yeah like a, a comic like, online yeah think of like a Sunday, like Garfield or like a Sunday morning type comic but you can only see it online but you watch it on or you look I at it like online I feel like my mother right now just the, you've never heard of a webcomic before? No. It's just like any of those little cartoons. That, I mean, not cartoons, but just like a, a comic. That's... Okay, so the previous one, um, Joking Hazard. Let's see how long. And that one's in Walmart now. You, you'll see Joking Hazard in Walmart. It's at the Walmarts. It you is know at the you've Walmarts. made it. And it raised $3,246,000. Did I show you the picture of Wall Mike's from Alaska? <laughs> no. Pretty sure that Walmart stole this guy's idea. All right. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Well, anyway. Investigative report from Miranda Combs coming soon. Wall mics. So those are my favorite things this week. Two Kickstarter games that as of the day this comes out, um, you'll have about two weeks. And you know what? If you listen to this months from now, they're probably available uh, online. Search Amazon, Trial by Trolley, and Dinogenics. We're playing. You can also look for the original Lion King wherever videos are Good sold. Good luck finding it not on VHS because that's that's all that existed back then, kids. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's on a streaming. <laughs> no, you know, months from now, you can if you're listening to this, Disney Plus is out, and you can uh, you can watch it on Disney Plus. Hey. While you're watching Avengers Endgame. You can't do both at the same time. Probably not. All right, everybody. Not well. Thanks for listening to our rambling this week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.